Hi everyone, and welcome to my full album review of Buster Rhymes' brand new project, Extinction Level Event 2, The Wrath of God. Yes, I got it right. My name is Holden Stefan Roy, and this here is the Headspace Podcast, the show where we break down the new hip-hop projects track by track, giving thoughts and opinions on every single song. And yo, today, what's up for debate? Why well, is the brand new fire from Busta Rhymes? I assume it's fire. Uh, basically, Extinction Level Event to the Wrath of God. Plug that keyword. Um, I'm going to break down how it goes in a little, little bit, but first, some housekeeping. I make music myself. I just put out an album. I'd love to hear what you think of it. I've actually got a contest running. Also, all of that has links in description. So if you're down to check out some of that, let me know what you think. I do have music on this channel. And I'm curious. And I say that a little bit because somebody criticized me recently, not knowing I do this. <laughs> Look at him talking about music, but doesn't even create anything. So I thought, eh, let people know. Slash plug myself because it is the game. Also, if you do dig the format, the reviews, the channel in general, there is a Patreon down below. You can support us like that if that's something that you're down for. On that note, let's talk about this album. Let's get into how this review works. So here's what's up. I'll tell you a little bit about my day. I woke up and I said to myself, I can't talk about this album right away. Why? I hadn't heard part one. I know it's 2020. I'm sitting here talking about a Busta Rhymes project like this, and I never even heard the first Extinction Level event project. So I listened to it for the first time this morning. I jammed out to it. I had a great time. I really enjoyed the project. And you know what? Since we do the Classic Quest podcast, where we do the same kind of format, only classic albums and spend more time with the albums. We're going to talk about Extinction Level Event 1, the first project, uh, over on Twitch live either tomorrow or the day after, the next couple of days when we film that episode, and then that'll appear on this channel. So if you're down for this review, you can also catch me and your lady friend Bonnie, break it all down for the first album. Just feel the ride. Let's just run it through because I think actually looking at the first album and comparing it and seeing how the sequel holds up is really important. And I can't actually make that distinction until I've done the review of the other project. Um, on that note, I have not yet heard a single song off of Extinction Level Event 2. I just haven't heard one yet. Um, that's how I'm going into these new album reviews. I'm going to listen to each track off camera when you can't see me. And then I'm going to come back and talk about it. I can't play the song because copyright. It's just what it is. I would like this video to stay up to the point where let's talk about that album cover over there. Because if I don't, I violate copyright. Simple album cover. Doesn't mean a whole lot to me. I like the fact that there's a mask. It's kind of played up on COVID. Ties into the album uh, cover. Almost like in this era and this age that we're living in god is striking back right with the the disease and the way the world is kind of fucked up i mean i don't know what the contents of the album are like but if you think about 2020 the fact that it's like with climate change we've unlocked this escalating sense of natural disasters and conflicts and just even covid being what it is it all feels like in a sense it's the wrath of god that's taking place here uh which i think is super super fascinating and uh, kind of it ties a little bit into the intro of the last album because I just listened to it. So from the extension level event one intro, the way that little prophecy bit's kind of built up, it's kind of like we've moved along and now it's actually coming to fruition maybe 20 years later instead of like a year later. Um, that's fine though. So yeah, the covers, the covers cool. It just kind of has a good branding. I like the a variety 
of like poses uh, that were done with this main cover theme across the videos when you go to the YouTube channel and you see uh, how each track gets its own specific like he's looking this way or that way or whatever. So that's cool. It's good branding. But I don't really care much for the cover. I love the title a lot more. Um, I kind of got a little ahead of myself. I like to tell people also just my familiarity with each artist because you know probably most of you clicking on this are big time Busta Rhymes fans and small time slash have never heard of me behind that suit fans. I mean, for those of you who know who I am, you know that uh, based on this channel, I probably don't know, have not listened to all that much Busta Rhymes in my life outside of singles. When it comes to singles, I've heard a whole lot because I grew, I'm, I was born in 87. So while Busta Rhymes was dominating in the early 2000s, everything that like came out was was like, you know, stuff I consumed but when it came to the album side of it and the earlier work I did not understand the relevance this man had or how talented he was and throughout the classic quest uh, our show on classic albums we have touched on uh, him throughout I guess just the different people he's worked with like even most recently we did raw diggers first album um, and just Buster Rhymes is all over that. And it's really interesting to just see him in that in that like light. We also did The Coming, which was really like a fantastic project. It really blew my mind to listen to. And just some of the early Tribe Called Quest stuff. And I guess as we go through hip hop history and like learn all these things, it's so it's so interesting to see a guy like Buster Rhymes in the midst of all this other stuff. And I know we got to cover more of his stuff, so we're going to do the first ELE album. Uh, but yeah, it just has me very excited for this project. Like, it's a big piece of history almost. Like, the first album was really good to me. And Buster Rhymes is, like, culturally significant. Now, here's what I know going into it. A lot of the heads I know, as in the hip-hop heads, are feeling the album. According to my Facebook, what I done seen on Twitter, People are liking it. People are not disappointed. So maybe that set my expectations a little high. The other thing is Buster Rhymes stopped being fat. Like he'd gotten kind of big. And so the other day we looked it up because we were like watching, um, we were watching the music videos off the Raw Digga album and yo, Buster Rhymes is in pristine physical condition, like a model hot. I'm not trying to like say anything. I'm just saying objectively like ripped. And then you see Buster Rhymes in like, you know, later on times and when he let himself go a bit and he got a little big. And I know I'm a big guy, um, but I also lost a lot of weight in the last year. And uh, when I saw that Buster Rhymes specifically put out a post showing the before and after of his health goals and said, did y'all really think I'm going to record this like sequel to the classic without getting in like proper shape to give you the best I can be. And then he fucking has like this dad bod now of like fucking muscle slash I like to eat. And it's just really inspiring. So kudos to Buster Rhymes for his fucking incredible accomplishments with weight loss. And as a person who has dropped about 80 pounds in the last year, I gained a little bit back. So we'll call it 70 pounds in the last year safely. Um, I know what that does to breath capacity and your ability to use your voice. And so it made me really get fucking excited because it means Buster Rhymes, just without hearing a single song on this album yet, it means I know Buster Rhymes is going to be able to breathe in the kind of ways to do some of that crazier shit where maybe songs like Twerk It were uh, not necessarily demonstrating some of the more crazy shit that Buster Rhymes is known for. 
So that's my expectations and stuff going into it. You may have found this kind of boring. That's why like I put the track list description down below. And I guess y'all are just kind of used to looking for chapters and stuff now. So I hope y'all are interested in what I got to say. Either way, I'm going to do it. Let's start with the ELE2 intro. Bruh. Holy shit. Oh my god. That is like intro of the year. Wow. Wow. I'm like... This is raw. This is like I just I just hit pause. There's a lot to unpack in this. Is my brain is just is, is first of all five on five. Okay, it's a five on five. This is one of those introductions that like it's seven minutes and change, and I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. This look on my face was fucking dumb. Like just like just like fucking like wow. There's a lot of clever. This is one of those ones where I will not be able to do full justice for how much is packed into here, but I think I caught enough to be able to show y'all that there is a lot here. Rewind that motherfucker and play it again. First of all, I have a lot of appreciation for listening to the first project because that introduction really does the justice because it's a sequel album, right? And uh, my first thought was, how is this going to hold up as a sequel? Haven't heard the tone and the understanding of the, I guess, satirical perception of how we've treated the world and our environments and everything that are explored in the themes of the first project, and I guess, in the overarchingness of it. Um, I haven't dug that deep. But to see that that is what this introduction does here, it's fucking amazing. Like, and yo, it's clever. Genesis chapter 11, verses 1 through 9. Y'all probably off the top of your head don't know what the fuck that is. So I googled it real quick while I'm listening. Tower of Babel. It's when the Tower of Babel falls. That's some shit, right? I don't fully remember the story, but I believe it has to do with the world being divided and trying to like do some shit. And after that, like unification is broken and languages and divisiveness takes place. I think that's the end result of the Tower of Babel. So like the first thing is an allusion to something you have to go Google. But if you Google it, you're rewarded with a bunch of shit, right? Thousands of years before Christ, Tyrant, Nimrod, Gilgamesh, and Shinar enslaved the first empire. Fucking fascinating. We're dropping into history. Look, I'm not going to go that deep into the history lessons behind it, but allow me to be clear. It's interesting that he's giving you more shit to look into and Google, and I have a, t a top-level understanding. He's like, look, the... the the fact is this Bible shit isn't even where it started because Gilgamesh is like something that the Bible was based on historically, right? So like right off the jump, the, the oh boy, I don't know. I'm really excited, okay? I'm really fucking excited for this project. One world language, one world religion, one, one world order. Like I just said about the Tower of Babel reference and the divisionness and that's the fact that he's tying into this shit. It's so interesting because currently there is this effort to push towards globalization and all this other stuff happening in the world, etc. Okay, so the whole intro part runs through that prophetic bit and it's brilliant and I'm not going to spoil the rest of it. I'm going to try to hold back on going bar by bar for the sake of time. It's just brilliant. It has all of the weird voice effects from the beginning. It goes as deep right as deep as to be like that daddy what's it gonna be like part that he jacked from like not jack but like you know brought from the first one over here and then it's just beautiful a new world order is here arrogance over god means annihilation kind of is what we feel like we're doing in a lot of ways with our culture and our society is that we are bigger and better than god or nature and it doesn't necessarily mean god in the sense of christianity i'm going to assume it has that sense because of how it arcs but God is a big word, right? And I love how they change. We're going to get back to God in a second. But God is a big word. And then the song kind of kicks in. And Chris rocks there 
which is great. And he does this countdown and the countdown's kind of goofy. But it's such a hype buildup because it reminds me of how Buster Rhymes would do those introductions for almost other people on classic albums back in the day and i feel like it's cool to take somebody like chris rock and just hype up the project and the way it just ends like yo and yo you might die today and guess what you lucky motherfucker the last thing you're gonna hear is busta that's just it was amazing it was very well done and it fit the kind of gloomy shit and then i love the whole beginning part because buster rhymes basically like as dude who referred to himself as god let me demonstrate it if you don't get it at first revisit it later but in the meantime and then he moves on so that was clever to me because uh a younger me would have thought that was an arrogant ass lyric but that younger me didn't know shit all about nation of islam and five percent or mentality and a bunch of other stuff so with that context of knowing what god means through that coded uh interpretation you know black man of knowledge and empowering look my interpretation might be trash okay i'm sorry if i'm not saying the words right i'm trying to demonstrate that i do understand what he means within the level of understanding i have and i hope that that's enough to connect with y'all um, but it made that whole thing really powerful, you know, with science to spark the mind. So when that reminds me of all of the early shit where science is a reflection of, you know, self-empowerment and just kind of following uh, a lot of those Nation of Islam bars and to, tr to preach the realities of like black history, for lack of a better term, or the truths of the world, just like facts, to use the rhyme forms to teach real facts and science and shit, like a lot of the early cats did, you know, the cats Buster Rhymes would have grown up with, you know, back in the day. It's brilliant to me, like, because I've listened to a lot of classic albums now and taken the time to like study hip hop history a bit, everything he's saying in this introduction is really hitting me in a, in a really cool way that just has me hyped up and he flows through this whole verse and i love the fact that like some people might identify him as conspiracy theorists and he's tried to tell people about the truth for so long and he's tried to like let people know that he's been like you know paying attention he even dropped the first album and you know people may have came at, uh, at him but like i remember just having a conversation earlier today where i was saying yo I, as from what i've seen in like reviews and shit of the first part of this album Album, people really did kind of take them kind of conspiracy theorists a little cuckoo and crazy but what's nuts is a lot of those conspiracy theorists from back in the day turned out to be right after like all of these fucking big old government leaks and stuff so now it's almost like 22 years has gone by and Buster Rhymes has had all this time to like learn you know watch that movie or whatever I think he's able to watch like the movies and get inspired by these disaster scenarios and he's seeing these patterns repeat and he's able to now in a position of more strength I would say and a little more knowledge actually come through and make the part two the sequel that's more relevant to this world but based in the same understanding of everything back in the day to almost take his platform of hip-hop and create this whole new project to like share it all like it's seven minutes this introduction there's actually a lot in it and i thought that was just that was really incredible then to go to rakim and get him to come through and be like yo it's even bigger than buster rhymes i tried to tell y'all this shit way back in the day it just hit me really strong like that was really cool too man and he just like you know i tried to warn him with seven seal the world is wounded it may never heal even mother nature's getting ill it's getting real when millions get killed with that deadly weather spill so he's basically dropping environmental bars and just like be cautious of how we treat the whole world and shit but with that smooth ass rakim flow it's just masterful 
the production on this this whole track is pretty fucking incredible i mean i haven't talked a lot about it but it's an experience it's alive it keeps going i knew it's produced by knots and buster rhymes yo knots is a name i keep seeing a lot knots is fucking cool um i didn't really know who he was until like a few weeks ago but i got to hear some some new knots stuff that was produced recently and his production is pretty fucking pristine um anyway i, I guess i'm just really excited there's so much about this album that's so cool the outro is fucking sick too and i like the whose world is this bit that got put on there too because it's even again showing some of the influences that came in and perspective like yo get on that empowerment vibe like all of these different emotions and ideas and shit are flowing into this one little introduction that cinematically goes through buster rhymes is just calm and and like pensive almost in his delivery it's so interesting like it just hits so hard by the end but okay y'all get it all right this is a five on five i think i rambled long and hard about all the things that excited me on one listen to this track okay i heard it one time and i'm that hyped up i don't know if the rest of the album is gonna hold it like this but the next track isn't seven minutes long so it'll probably be a little quicker to go through why don't we talk about the purge so at first i was like oh i forgot to comment on how buster rhymes put this funny little like the following is gonna have explicit language right after saying fuck a bunch of times that's goofy i didn't realize that that would be relevant for the subject matter of this track thus making it twice as brilliant as i originally thought because i thought at first it was funny haha <laughs> buster rhymes was being offensive and then he put like an explicit content warning but that's crazy because that whole beginning of the album apparently was not explicit content based on what we got next and I love this, okay? I want y'all to know that I am smitten with this second track and I'm giving it a five on five on one listen. So don't take any of my grades seriously. I might change them once my excitement fades and the actual sonic elements matter more to me past my excitement. But this is strong, right? So we get the whole fucking, basically a summary of, I tried to warn y'all shit was gonna go to hell and shit went to hell. And then you don't know where he's going to go with it. When people drop concept albums and things like that, it's bold a lot, right? Is it just going to be flexing bars? No, that's not what Buster Rhymes did here. Sorry, country. I know you don't really want this, but till we get some justice, we fucking every city up. The rest of the track flows through in this calm, composed delivery as he basically says, this is us, the black people, is what I'm taking from it, or the people who are oppressed, the people who have been attacked and systemically oppressed my language is sucking here but y'all get the point uh for so long we're done this is it we're fighting back this is what's happening get used to it we are tired of your shit and that's the the the, the pulse of this you know like you see them cities burning like chimneys you better really know it's us the clock was finally winding down your time was really just to feel the wrath of god and then it adds this extra context to the wrath of god the album title this is the wrath of god being an a black man right so all of a sudden the album title means more to me than i thought before holy shit layers oh my gosh this is dope um so yeah that's that's what's going on this is just a tone setter so now that like we've got in like the introduction linking the two albums it goes into this is like actual shit that's happening right now this is the pulse that we're tapping into and the calm production from swiss beats and the other one because it was the second one. Um, uh, basically, it just is this tone. It's heavy. It feels like atmospherically strong. This is this is some shit. This is gonna be a long review, I think, because uh, it looks like we're we're almost at 30 minutes of raw recording. 
I mean, that means without the songs taken out. So we're about 20 minutes in, and uh, I've only done uh, two songs, but five on five, a lot more songs to go. Maybe it's three parts this review, who fucking knows, but strap yourself down. We getting in. This is a very different song, uh, sonically. That rhythm is, is weird. Uh, this is like, I feel like Buster Rhymes flexing. I still got that crazy shit, like that out there, random rhythmically speaking like i just love his delivery on this i love the way he does it like i love the fucking weird tone of voice he takes like he has like four or five voices that he employs throughout the different verses in this track and the track just splits like one of the sides is a pete rock production and the other side is a jay dilla production so it's just fucking stellar and it's kind of got like two tones like the first tone feels kind of solemn and heavy like don't fuck with me almost like it's the past right like there's the sense of like darkness uh anxiety built into it like if you come at me i'm gonna fuck you up kind of vibes rolling through it but it's just so strong man i love it i like my favorite part of this track actually is is uh let me see if i can find the lyrics real quick um and if you think you're uh think you're listening to the wrong song bing bong pow and i'm just like that's fucking hilarious honestly like oh you think you're, you're in the wrong place like yo you think that this doesn't belong on this album or whatever fuck you you're wrong i i like that i just feel like there's some braggadocious cockiness to that but still it fits right because i feel like it's tapping into uh a bit of the past the anxiety of the people the jealousy the envy now we've like looked at the system now we're looking a little bit on the other side of the situation so because of all of the tension that's going on like you have to be pristine you have to be at your your tip-top shape you have to be coming with the the best skills i guess or be willing to defend yourself so strap yourself down you know and that's a cool like just that idea strap yourself down because it could be like with weaponry or whatever it could be preparations for the hard time that is coming and then i uh, you look at that just kind of tense state that he delivers but i feel like after all of this he's like i'm gonna fuck you up i'm gonna do what i gotta do oh i like the way he flips his voice and yeah that we could never do it wrong i sell it and then he's like fuck around wanna play a little game and it just gets all smooth with his voice it's so cool to me um technically it's just te like from a technique perspective it's just so strong then he does like basically the same like kind of starting the biggity blah kind of feel to it and goes in a more positive direction i find just a little stronger like he's still dope with it he's still killing it but it feels like more uplifting feels like the last one was the past and he still got it today in the present and it's very similar the vibe that we should expect only to have like a better tone and i don't know he's still here he's still rallying they're still the real they're still the fake but maybe i'm just reading too much into things but i felt like there was a bit of a tone shift and this was more like uplifting less chaos less darkness more established more i am where i am and now i'm gonna use that shit to come but then there's still things to be the same like he still ties in like you know police officers angry when we show up still tying it into the main central idea of uh, chaos and the angriness but if we're thinking about anger jealousy is a part of anger and I think the fact that Buster Rhymes can do these crazy, ridiculous, weird flows that like nobody else can touch, because we can all try to be complicated, but we can't be complicated like Buster Rhymes, all right? That's just the facet of the situation. You can hear I can talk very quickly. I can't do what Buster Rhymes can bring to a table. I just, he's, he's so pristine with his shit, no matter how much I may want to one day have the kind of crazy energy of a Buster Rhymes. Um, anyway this track i'm gonna give it a 4.5 i think it's really interesting to listen to i don't i don't know what else i can say about it uh, i think it 
really shows that more braggadocious tough side, which is a, a cool thing to insert into a dense album. But at the same time, I feel like it's on theme because it is addressing a topic of related to the wrath of God in the context of how he's now framed that for this album. This is very clever. This is very well written. Let's move on to Tsar. I feel like this one's still on theme. Uh, Buster Rhymes is mad. He's almost like looking like, yo, I am the boss. And I like the Chris Rock intro. Because again, like this is Chris Rock, an OG who's been around everybody and everything. Like he, he was like having hits back in like 2000 kind of thing. So I feel like just having a guy like Chris Rock be the dude that's like co-signing you. It's an interesting flex because not a lot of people could get Chris Rock to show up and say, you're the baddest guy ever. And then it took me a quick second to understand this shit. This is basically Busta Rhymes taking on that boss role. Like reminding people who Busta Rhymes is and where he comes from, right? And that he is able to walk in and do exactly what these motherfuckers are doing, but do it Busta Rhymes style. And I believe that's the point of the song. Um, it's got very boss lyrics. Uh, and also tapping into that modern ship. Like, now I'm back with the coke. I'll make you all sniff it up. And skirt, skirt in the wraith. Watch me Trovkio drift it up. Is that my favorite, like, set of bars on the album? Nah. But it's interesting to watch him be so willing to come through and tap into the modern lexicon and show that even with the, the current language of today and the current flows of shit, he's still able to come through and destroy it. And I feel like everything about this fucking song is just strong and hard hitting. I did not watch the music video, by the way, because I just, that's not what this is. This is for album listening. Uh, maybe if you guys want to see me do uh, music videos for this album thing, give me a thousand five hundred and thirty three likes on this video and we'll make that happen i'm just having fun with that because people beg for likes and i think that's goofy um but yeah in general this has a great flow a great rhythm i like that he's not just reliant on ridiculously fast tactics like a lot of people might think is the most impressive i think the way he manages to encompass every single individual line into this own package and box that he like fits into the beat and while you listen to them together they all like flow but you can almost see the little incisions of his vocals between where he cuts up the flow to make everything line proper and when you look at it like that like Buster Rhymes is, is intricate with the way he does his delivery and I think this song really exemplifies that it's not my favorite on the writing front it's 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 good it's really strong it's more his delivery and the strength of everything like when he comes through heavy light metal like Metallica now witness the massacre that's a great bar for this track because he really is like I feel like I'm getting punched I feel like I'm getting hit like Buster Rhymes is somebody to submit to uh, in general I like the chorus I think it was really cool I think overall the, the vibe on this is fun I have maybe less commentary but I don't want to take away from the quality of the track so far I feel like as I'm listening to this the songs are showcasing crazy good versatility the production is is, is changing it's different um, this one is pre produced by Rock Wilder it's pretty cool now it says featuring MOP and I don't know okay so I know that it's uh, Lil Fame going the O's on this according to Genius but I don't know who where else is the feature did the man really get like a featured for like a single word that got repeated a lot because yo most people won't even bother to like add that to like writing credit well i mean in the credit sure but like nobody gets that for a single word that's just some shit that nobody would feature so the fact that buster rhymes did that because i think it's a feature if you're using the man's word that's really interesting i just wanted to know what y'all thought about that but chris rock is not featured on this one even though he's featured on the introduction 
Oh, the introduction. I didn't say it. Is it not crazy that it's Chris Rock, Pete Rock, and Rockim? You see, rocks. There's rocks everywhere on that introduction. I just forgot to say it there. Hopefully, people are still listening at this point. Um, I really enjoyed this tune. I'm gonna go ahead though and give it a 4.25. It's not as like knock me out the park impressive as some of the other stuff was from a content or whatever, or maybe the new car smell of the album is is starting to wear off a little bit. That's entirely possible too. It is fresh reactions we're all getting. Still, I like it. I like it cool. It, uh, apparently it samples anti up by MOP and that's how it's being credited. Maybe that's where the feature's from. I like that. I like the way that Buster Rhymes called it a feature. That's real cool of him is all I'm trying to say. Anyway, I don't have a lot more to say on this one. So y'all hopefully aren't thinking that I'm just out of my mind. Okay, so like past the Crevasse part two might just be one of those tracks that like, I guess people my age are just gonna fucking vibe to. Like, I don't know, that comes on anywhere at any party and I turn into that dumbass white kid that just wants to fucking dance when he knows he can't. Like, how could you not? It's such a banger. Like, don't this hand big boy wanna bounce, bounce, don't this. Anyway, I just fucking love that shit. It's a good song. I think the back and forth, it's not, this isn't really a review of Pastor Crevasier part two, but I love the fact that it's sampled on here in this chorus. It's really fun. Also, just uh, the, it's driving, like that part there. I know I can't sing, but that part was amazing. This throwback chorus, this throwback beat, this throwback fucking everything, right? He's flexing here. This is what Buster Rhymes is doing. So that beat is so like basic break beat, right? Like basic from history, like back in the origin days. And he takes that and he makes it all fresh. So overall, we got this nice, modern, crisp sounding use of it, right? Using these old samples from back in the day. Meanwhile, on the verses, he's kind of flexing, like I'm the shit, you know, I'm back. I'm doing my crazy Busta Rhyme stuff. I'm just crushing it. And it's again from the flows, the way he's riding his beat, the way he exaggerates and stretches certain syllables, like, oh no, the gone flip you know just like fast to slow to this crazy composition like it's always smitten me buster rhymes has always been in my opinion one of the greatest when it comes to this shit like when it comes to doing karaoke buster rhymes is probably the one i think has been the hardest i've ever had to map out and fully understand like I would say his flows are just are just crazy interesting. I, I, I like him a lot. What can I say? Um, I like the fact that it's like the conglomerate is coming. We're about to run through it. Like, you know, shouting out his team, his squad. Moving into that old school chorus. Almost like this whole first verse is like flowing back in time. Like he's about to come through or whatever. And then in the second verse, I just, it just keeps it running. I don't think he adds a lot here. I know somewhere in the track, I don't remember where it is. So yeah, when he goes, uh, tell me, can you not do the shit that'll make the game proud? You know, they just, a lot of you guys are trash. A lot of you guys make boring stuff. Why can't you make interesting, compelling albums again? I mean, it feels like Buster Rhymes is showing through the way he's rhyming that he is that kind of guy and he's proving it. And he's basically challenging the whole industry. Come on, do something interesting. Like, look what I just did. I made an old school sound, sound fresh. I like all the old school styles and I made it sound fresh in 2020. Can you do that? I can do that. Can you do that? I can do what you do. Can you do what I do? And I feel like that's a lot of what he's trying to do with this track. And it's really cool. And then just reminding them that he is also the guy who wrote Pastor Crevasse part two, right? Like, come on. That is one of the most banging, banging, like turn up songs ever, right? Like you just say that and you don't even have to write the fact that you could do a turn up track because you just say that and you know it's facts. That's a really cool flex. I'm giving this a 4.5 on five, truly enjoyable experience. Why don't we move along then? Oh, 
just before we move on, the way it ends with don't this shit make a wanna and then it flows into the next song, which I haven't heard yet. It's just a cool way because it kind of makes the album feel more like a continual movie experience rather than individual songs. And I love the flowability of the album that I've heard so far. Some albums are like track, track, track. Nah, this is an experience where like it's basically like you're you're listening to a movie in terms of the grandiosity of it and i think the versatility so far is killing it and i'm down to go another 17 tracks because there's still that much music left to listen to ele2 the wrath of god is next yo i guess because i just like heard the end of the track what a way to end it with like the shout out to buster rhymes from the honorable minister louis farrakhan i don't say that patronizingly i just you know commonly hear words like that associated with his name so in my efforts to be respectful i repeat the rhetoric i've heard um but minister louis farrakhan does the intro and i find that man fascinating um i recognize why a lot of white people don't like him but i just find that he has this message that has a lot of truth in it like just pointing out that whether or not you agree with trump the idea that the fact that trump can say make america great again is a health test to how not great america is the fact that there are people who would choose death rather than servitude to the country is again fascinating and i don't know he he really charges it up i think it's a really interesting introduction i mean it shows, I guess, Buster Rhymes is clearly influenced or inspired by, in some ways, the Nation of Islam, uh, where I almost feel like the name itself is going to just turn people away rather than maybe consider how people got. Like, I had a conversation with somebody, and they were like, um, basically, in their experience, they're, as a Jewish person, they're just like, you know, anti Semitic at like this level because of all the various instances of things where it may come off that way. But I've always taken a different approach with the way I see it because um, I am Jewish myself. Uh, it's more like I can kind of empathize with how complicated it is to be black in America right now and how fucked up it is. And then I read stuff like uh, the autobiography of Malcolm X and I tried to read a lot of different things now and learn and, and expand my, my, like, I guess my understanding of why there's a nation of Islam. Like, why, why is there one? Why does this thing exist? And um, I really like what he had to say. I thought it was just a really strong introduction that kind of shows that the world is not necessarily there. But I also like the part where you can see Mr. Farrakhan being like, yo, God has to be backing me. There's no way I could get away with the shit I'm saying. <laughs> that's kind of what he's like. There's no way. And I'm like, hey, that's an interesting point. And a lot of guys I respect, like K. Reno and, and a few others, like really do follow him and, and are really inspired by him. And they preach some of these incredible ethics of, of respect and stuff. So all of the people I know that are inspired by Minister Louis Farrakhan tend to preach really good positive messages even if mr farrakhan manages to piss off a lot of people with the specific verbiage he chooses to use but protest is not meant to be kind it is not meant to be non-disruptive and sometimes you need to inflame in order to get people to even pay attention a little bit so i mean i would i would certainly not have any idea who he is if i want to if i didn't really have a curiosity as to why white people are devils like you have to really like you know maybe want to be curious to go down that rabbit hole at some point um 
it's really y'all can google it if you're a white person and you want to know that's all i'm trying to say like but i really like i really like what he did with that introduction and it's also like humbling it's almost like adding into it like look buster rhymes is just a person who's been inspired by this flow from god of information and knowledge and this whole album is just buster rhymes as like a vessel and vehicle to bring you some truth in the midst of the chaos and his verses again reiterating on that main album theme only now god okay so like at first god is like a black man and then there's a bit of like the last few tracks have almost been rappers you know skill and ego and things like that were like the focus of a lot of it and now god is more god up above and buster rhymes is here to deliver the message of the wrath of god coming which could be manifested in a lot of the things we're seeing take place in this world um and a lot of it is colonialization and the white systems of like whatever like there's a lot of money put into a oil industry when hemp would have been a fantastic alternative for things like plastic and y'all can follow the dollars and y'all know all the things who am i preaching to you know like that's not really it i just think it's it's brilliant i think it's like buster rhymes is like listen i'm just doing this as a vessel of god how are you going to stop it we are here to bring a message forth but yo everything he said so far to me feels like it's really tapped into a lot of shit that's actually happening like this sounds like a older person as in past the age of 40 proper fatherly age shedding fatherly wisdom about the shit he's learned in the world in a cohesive way i'm really really into this this is a i'm gonna give it a 4.5 it's really a powerful experience and i hope that it kind of pivots the album and we're gonna get this in like chapters and chunks that'll be really really interesting to me anyway let's move into slow flow okay that second verse is clever um i mean first of all let's talk about the old dirty bastard feature from what genius is telling me and i'm gonna just trust it because i haven't done the odb album yet this is from the uh his verse on brooklyn zoo uh released in 1995 and then yeah it just sounds really dope i love the way he sounds on this chorus i love the way he sounds on that intro um i don't know if that intro bit is unreleased i heard there was maybe some unreleased odb on it either way i like it i thought that was cool i thought it was strong odb just sets it up like some smooth rhymes you know like kind of like yo i can't be doing all the crazy shit all the time i gotta have some versatility in my style and then what does buster rhymes proceed to do on this track he drops that constant cadence where the fuck does he breathe kind of single flow like what i mean is he doesn't really stop until like some ad-libs almost like halfway through the verse. Just as shit get cataclysmic, how I mastered the wicked division is spinning past what you wish and is super surpassing your vision and whatever you think in the course, best is sick and make him gag when I shit and type of flow. See the fat is back and I'm stacking them up, how I'm heating. Like, you know what I mean? Like it just keeps going constant, but this perfect cadence, perfect timing. I skipped the word, right? So it sounded like there was a, a gap. It wasn't, he, he says a word I can't say. Um, I don't think I should be able to say it. I've never, I, I just don't. It's just, you skip it. It's easy. Um, anyway, I just think overall it's beautiful. The way he runs this this verse is amazing sounding like, and, and simultaneously, it's just something where he's a game showing his prominence. He's back. He's got the skills. He, he's returning. He's giving the world something they need. So he's again being an emissary. And in this case, it's more about like the hip hop and the strong shit. And I like the part when he's like, see what I make the DJ do to the fader and it kind of fades and it sounds really cool. But I think he does a lot more at the second verse when he's like, so peep the way I come out and weed him out beyond a reasonable doubt. And at first you don't catch it, but then you hear the next one where it's like, and clear the lane and deliver the Illmatic. And you're like, okay. So what he's 
trying to do with this album is show you that he knows in the first verse, he understands all of the elements of what it is to be and bring a classic. And then he's showing you all sorts of just sources of classics that inspire and he aspires to have this album, the Extinction Level Event 2, place next to. So uh, Midnight Marauders, uh, Life After Death. And then I love it when it goes scratching and fiending need in a detox, right? Because that's when it got fucking super clever to me. Because they're also, I'm pretty sure, in chronological order. I might be wrong about it, but I'm pretty sure these are... And, and if I am, okay. But no, because only built for Cuban links comes later on. I was wrong. See, sometimes in real time, you see my brain flying. That's what this is. Uh, but I like the, you know, the Cuban link and the American Most Wanted lines. That's super cool. Um, and then just at the end uh the new jacks they need that carter five so the fact that he's able to kind of bring that detox line where it's referencing how people are craving in this album that never came in a sense that's what he's trying to do here is give them that void fill that ancient classic that never came but simultaneously he understands the current era of it so he can tap into the kind of energies of something like a carter five uh, and all of these are just classic you know era projects at least in prestige whether or not you agree that they're classics i recognized every album he mentioned therefore i mean like to me at least it's pretty cool i didn't everybody say them all but i recognize them all as i listen i really like this song this is another 4.5 this is another one right up there with the fucking you know just skill diversity amazing production just really really fucking amazing i, I who is it by knots no shit knots is fucking really good knots is a name that has come up a lot in my life recently he's fucking talented I don't know. Maybe I'm going to try and interview that dude one day. If you guys know Knots, and I know maybe a couple people do, uh, somebody could uh, link me to him. I want to talk to that guy. His production is pretty cool. Maybe I should talk to producers more. Anyway, 4.5, brilliant track. This is going to be a long review. Y'all can ride it out with me. You listen to this album with Busta. Fucking geek out with me. Don't go. Okay, I think like Chris Rock outro kind of ties the track together again chris rock's not featured here but he was featured on the first intro so that's weird um why is that the the even on spotify can we just tangent um half the tracks that have features have like like in the song title and half of them don't and i can't figure out for the life of me what the fucking difference is is it like because, like, Q-Tip actually did a feature and MOP was a sample. So, like, there's no fucking consistency. Neither of those have featured in the song titles. But, you know what? I'm just going to get back to this song review. Sometimes sometimes you just get caught up on these little tangential details. But I want to know if y'all care about that. That's what this is, too. Um, so, the first verse has Buster Rhymes taking this very aggressive tone, by the way. Where he's, like, you know, almost kind of salty. Like, yo, I'm the best. I'm the, like, fucking guy. I've, I've done all this shit. I've always been laying it down. I'm really proper. And let's be real. Uh, the more I look into Buster Rhymes, he's way more impressive and should be in that goat talk way more than he should be. I just think that Young Money stint really ruined his image to a lot of us. Like, it really made him not look good. Because that was, like, the only exposure maybe some people had for, for a little bit. And I don't know. That, that shit wasn't fire to me. To me. Y'all may have really liked it. But when I really went back and started thinking about his significance and the people he fucked with and I guess more of what he represents, he's actually pretty fire. Like, that's what I'm trying to say. So I can kind of get where he's coming from. Like, also like that leaders of the newest shit because it's kind of like leaders of the new school or that group he was affiliated with once upon a time. 
And that was really cool. So I get it. He's just fucking like blessed, but he's has like this salty, like I'm the shit. And like, you can almost feel like people don't recognize him. And then I like how, you know, he has more of that battle-esque kind of attitude with this slow kind of cocky flow to it. Like, see how we kill him with the slow flow. And we got the game in a chokehold where I'm going, you won't go. I'm leaving the game. They big enough. Don't go. See how we hit these guys like the last time, you know? Like, I like the energy there. Like, you know, Busta's like, okay, okay, I'm, I'm back in here. I'm slapping it up again. It's not necessarily profound, but the way he spits it and the overall impact it had on me was pretty high is what I'm trying to say. But then Q-Tip's verse got me all quizmical. Like, man basically is like, you know what, Busta? Here's the thing. I recognize how great you are. I'm from the same era. I'm from back in the day. You know, life is kind of circumstantial. And, you know, things are all in context. And let's be relative with it. Let's have some better understanding of things and all of that good stuff. Kind of like, let's instead of being angry and negative, let's go back to the old days on how we used to handle shit with rhymes and how we used to go through whatever and try to earn the respect of people. Why don't you come through and basically rap? Wrap your ass off and show it through your skill that you're the best is kind of what I took from that. And then you have Chris Rock at the end who kind of like ties why this is all being said. Where he's like, yo, people don't want to follow Buster Rhymes. Like everybody out there wants to talk about whatever. Even though Mans is basically like this legacy situation. Even though Mans is all like has so much talent. He's dropped a lot of wisdom, a lot of powerful bars. People don't want to follow him. So in this sense, this track is like, and I might be wrong, but Buster Rhymes is salty. Q-Tip is like, come on, bro, just, just rap it out. Just rap, bro. Just remember the old days. And then Chris Rock is like, and this is why this song came to be. I like it. 4.5. It's just fucking enjoyable for me. Um, anyway, I think we can just move on to boom. I have no fucking idea what that, that song was about. Um, I liked it. I liked listening to it. I thought the, the chorus was cool. I thought the way it flowed. Like, it's going to be, like, earwormy almost. Like, that shit's going to get stuck in your head, you know? It's, it's really got that element to it. I feel like this is the slow, crazy buster. Like, he's not going breakneck speed, like, oh, my gosh, breaking neck type shit. But he's taking the complex flows of that style he does and slowing it down. And I like that. I think that takes a lot of precision and control to pull off as eloquently as he does. And I was noticing how clear he is. I'm not always the clearest when I rap. I would like to pretend I'm amazing like Buster Rhymes, but I'm not able to always be as clear as he is. And that's really impressive to me. So that's, that's probably like why he had to lose weight was to work on the clarity. Cause I'm telling you straight up, the fatter you are, the harder it is to be clear. Um, anyway, lyrically it's flashy. I feel like he has a lot going for him. He knows he's King shit. There's a lot of like big bars, like, you know, in terms of Buju Banton or King, King Kong or Kunta Kinte, where like you get the sense of like strength and power and King shit and the overall, I'm rich. Like I have a million on me, like just what I wear, what I'm at, like that vibe, that flexy, flossy, smooth. I guess this is for that materialism crowd. Maybe like, I can't figure out or wrap my head around who this is for. I know it's not for me because it's not really connecting with me in any way. I don't get content-wise how it fits on the album. I get how it fits, I guess, in the sense of Busta Rhymes doing the track. It, it sounds dope. Maybe somebody could explain the relevance of it to me because it's lost on me at this moment. And even if I listen to this five more times, I'm just not going to get it. I can just tell you straight up. Uh, so that's where y'all beautiful folk out there watching are there. 
I'm going to give it a 4.25 because while I respect it, I don't know. It's just, it's really talented, but again, I don't, I don't fully connect with it. And so it's harder for me to like, just feel as excited. And a lot of the music experience to me is like that. What you're excited for, what you can connect with is going to end up getting a higher grade than stuff that's just out of the realms of empathy. Anyway, I think what I just said is true indeed. Yo, DJ Premier did some excellent production on this, in my opinion. It's smooth, it's engaging, it just captivates. It, it's fucking dope. It's real cool. Um, I liked it. And uh, I do feel that Buster Rhymes and DJ Premier on this track are, are creating scripts for people that could be studying how to make a timeless, banger-esque feeling sound. Because this is just, again, dope. Like, it just has that, like, it's like one long verse with a little break in the middle. And it just feels like Buster Rhymes saying a bunch of crazy shit uh, and doing it well. And again, being braggadocious, but in a clever and creative way. Like uh, when he goes, we, we got the script for you to learn from. Everybody get off where I shoot my sperm from. Because most people in the game would just be like, get off my dick. Like, you know, literally J. Cole has a song called Get Off My Dick. Buster Rhymes is going to say, get off where I shoot my sperm from. Because that's just the way he is, you know? And the way he ends this, then I leave dead and stinking worse than Dookie. Because that's true, man. Uh, decomposing bodies, as I understand it, smell worse than Dookie. So it's just fun. I just like the overall fun airiness of the way he's braggadociously willing to go through and, and be himself and kill it the way he's been doing it. The flow is is just as fun to listen to. I guess as the album review goes on, I don't want to be like too redundant and, and kind of keep commenting. He's just killing it. There's not as much new to bring up on this, in my opinion. It's just killing it though. It's just amazing bars. It's it's flossy. It's fun. It's just got like this airy cockiness to it that just makes me feel elated. So I'm giving this one another 4.5. Let's move along then to the next track on this, Master Fard Muhammad. I feel like Chris, Chris Rock's parts on this album are so i don't know if they're bizarre or not it's such a like at this point i'm like chris you're you're really you're really pushing this thing like am i just wrong is bust like i didn't know that busta rhymes was so like influential in like the underground or whatever like is that really what it is like busta rhymes is really that tiered of like influence and I, I don't know i sincerely don't know because he's not like a name that just comes up in any of the conversations and perhaps that's what Chris Rock is trying to convey there at the end with this because Buster Rhymes is this boss figure. And I'm going to say that because, look, I've noticed this trend. People bring Rick Ross on their albums when they want that I'm a boss song. And they always have that jazzy, slower beat. And then Rick Ross does the Rick Ross thing. And the more I hear the Rick Ross thing, the more I like the Rick Ross thing. He really does sell boss shit like we're talking corporate executive but like straight out of a movie fantasy not like actual corporate executive more like what i feel tv thinks a corporate executive is because like whatever he's good though i'm really like it's just like have mercy for the spirit still praying for me time's hard so forgive me if i smell funny sleeping in cars would be real but no hotel money louis vuitton you get it just because your man want it like there's like an actual sense of like as he gets older and farther along with his career, like I just find his lyrics get better. His storytelling is more vivid. Is 
ambient painting is powerful because it starts off with that grittiness and it flows into like you know i used to be fat they called me bruce bruce now i'm fucking bitches in my favorite shoes i don't know if it's like insane lyricism but he sets this tone where you just feel stronger or more powerful or like you can get your money up listening to rick ross and i don't think as many people give off that effect quite like him and rick ross has consistently been doing it for so fucking long that I just feel like at a subconscious level, you hear Maybach music interlaced into a verse and you feel like you have to go make more dollars. And I think that's why maybe he's so effective at that role, but there he is. And then I feel like Buster Rhymes came through and did his version of a Rick Ross verse. That seems to be what everyone does though when they have them. They do their version of a Rick Ross verse, the super boss, the flossiness, but like, the materialistic the fantasy like this is my version and um i really do like how buster i'm starts it with look at my peak whatever yo it's about time let's sparkle off my jewelry it's about that shine and i like that because it's like i'm wearing this this uh watch to floss is how i took from that and just the way he made it work and how his shine is just more pristine almost because of it the money, the everything good here. And then I also like how in the middle of this Buster Rhymes like starts off trying to floss. And by the end, it's just like, yo, everything's kind of fucked up. Um, the industry's fucked up. I, I have to get more into corporate America in order to give more of my people jobs because they're starving in the situation of the fucking hood economy. But at the same time, being more involved in this is fucked up. And then I have to go make all this music where I bring this whole style to it. And it's like, I have to do this maybe at parts of his career as he's expanding. And it has like a consequence where I'm working in an industry that supports all this negative stereotypes that creates dysfunction. And I feel like Busta's kind of confessing to this like ethical inner conundrum of being part of a system that creates evil while wanting to not like be destructive but by doing it he, he, he helps so many more people and that was just so interesting um i don't know and then it's like he's just an amazing he's really good he's fucking coming through with his honesty and he's really strong i don't know more to comment on it i think we we, we you kind of get the sense of the song it is buster rhymes flow is ridiculously smooth again he just kind of does this constant talky like kiss the ring styled attitude on it rick ross is actually really good on it i don't know maybe the more i hear rick ross the more i like him maybe i was just a hater once upon a time and i didn't like him for no good reason um I like this. Uh, it sounds like a new age, decent song that would have just come out on any pop thing. Like it sounds like it was also meant to chart. Like it just sounds like some shit that's going to do well on Billboard when it gets there. I'm going to give it a, a 4.25. I think it's better than good, but it's not like really amazing. This is the first one on the album. I could see myself actually just actively going eh, and skipping it half the time I hear it while recognizing it's just a good vibe that might not be my favorite um it is what it is let's move on we're at the halfway point <laughs> halfway point let's talk about you i was just like sitting there going man i don't listen to a lot of anderson pack um but i know he's extremely talented and i really recognize his style but i feel like he's got this like jazzy kind of infusion sound going on and I've come to appreciate and even start to like jazz, but I'm not all the way there yet. So I guess I haven't ventured that deep into his sound. But I was listening to him on this song and I just got converted. First of all, I realized the beat sounds like what I picture Anderson Pack supposed to sound like. And then I saw it was produced by him and I'm like, oh, 
that makes sense. It's such a vibe, though. It's such a vibe. I'm sitting there going, that's it. I get it now. It's such a vibe. You just, you just chill it. You're just like, you're, you're lost in it. The way he hits these melodies, the flassiness, the airiness of every single lyric he delivers. Plus, it's almost like mumble rap, but super clear and actually singing and really dope. And I'm like, oh, that's the vibe, but with talent behind it. Not to say that other people don't have talent, but yo, Anderson Pat brings that. That is like a level where you don't get a lot of dudes like him in a generation of people, is what I'm trying to say. That's a swagger. That's like a whole thing. And it's consistent, right? Because every time I've heard him, it's that. It's that level of confidence. And I was just kind of appreciating the vibe of this tune. Lyrically, it's it's glossy. There's literally almost no bars in here that pop out at me like, oh my gosh, that's the bet. No, it's not that kind of song. It's more of a consistent, just like you smile. And again, like, you know how I was saying, you want to go make money on the last track? This one makes me want to just be the, I'm the, I'm the shit. I'm just fucking cool listening to this song. And that's the vibe. And then Buster Rhymes does this quick, tricky rhythms on it, aggressive kind of shit. Uh, again, that kind of stuff. I love the part where he's like, you know, if my money ain't what it's supposed to be, that's when a gun start busting, clang, 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 whatever. Just shells hit the floor, more shots coming. I just, all, that whole part just sounded fresh. It just sounded so alive and dynamic. And that shit's what makes Buster Rhymes special, in my opinion. Buster Rhymes also says he has the best metaphors I ever saw. And I'm, um, Look, he's got, the, he's definitively in the top five flows I've ever come across of every rapper I've ever heard in my life. His delivery is in the top five deliveries of every rapper I've ever heard in my life. I don't know the order yet, but his is there. His abilities are up there. I don't know where on the list. He's not dropping the best metaphors I've ever heard by any means. The album construction is really great, but come on, there's some really amazing metaphors out there. That's all I'm trying to say. Like, here's a good metaphor. That wedding song on the first Far Side project that through the verses of describing a wedding documents the history of hip-hop and its evolution to date at that point in the mid-90s is one of the best metaphors I ever saw in a track. Okay, that's that's what you're up against. Your shit's great, Buster. Okay, I'm, I'm nitpicking. Y'all hate when I nitpick. I know, it's fine. I, that's who I am. It's who the fuck I am. If you're this far into the review, you get it. Um, this on slaps. This is a contender for a song that I would listen to over and over again, and it would turn into a 5. So I'm going to give it a 4.5, because this is like, this is one I could really see myself on an easy listening front throw on like it doesn't hit me too hard in the pensives it doesn't hit me too hard and i have to try or whatever it's just glossy and it makes me feel like i'm cool i just want to hear more of it i like it a lot uh let's move on to the next one though and y'all might be like oh no nine more of these motherfuckers and i'm like yo this whole this whole track had me being like yo just like the whole time i don't know this is some new vibes like in terms of the style i feel like we're tapping into that like modern trap spooky it's a little spooky to be fucking vibes it just it just hits and then he does like that triplet flow like the whole way through the beginning just kind of hitting it like Oh, that's what's trendy. Let me bust a rhymesify it. And he uncompromisingly does it too. Like other people might put a little elegance or like uh, a little auto tunes or some shit on it. Not nah, Buster Rhymes just raps like he's been rapping on the whole fucking album. Only mercs all the other people's flows. And if we speak about flow, can we just talk about how there is no two track to track to track back to back on this project that has like flows that are the same? He's managing to reinvigorate it. And I think. 
I think this transition, because, yo, the first half of that album, if, if this album, is very, like, old-school-y, kind of whatever. Yeah, there's a lot of knots, there's a lot of production from almost back in the day. And now I'm looking at the producers, and, hey, I don't recognize half of them. But they're all, like, newer age. So it's, like, the second half of the album, because, like, High Tech was, I think, or I think was High Tech in the one with Rick Ross. It was, like, one of those guys, like, I'm talking, like, you know, the more modern ones. So it's cool that on this almost double album, because, I mean, it's it's pretty fucking long. It's not, it's it could fit on one album, but in the modern era, you could call it a double album. But on the second half, at least, it feels like we're moving into more modern flows where, you know, Buster Rhymes is dropping bars on here. They're very enjoyable. One of the ones I really liked is how I whack them and I sock them outer space it with how I Mr. Spock them. They caught me a planet, fuck it up like Saddam, because Saddam kind of fucked up his place. You know, that's actually a pretty clever political bar, is what I'm trying to say. And now Batmobile whipping, pulling it up to Gotham. It's just flexing, but with cleverness and Buster Rhymes murking your flows. It's like Buster Rhymes heard a bunch of recent flows and said, eh, and then heard the beat and said, eh, and just wrecked it. And he did it really well. And that's all I got to say about this one. I like the chorus. Oh, and Waka Flocka is not featured on this song, yet he's there in the sample the way the next dude was. I'm so confused by the inconsistent sampling rules uh, or the features or whatever. But, man, I just, you're not expecting Flocka, Waka Flocka. Like, what? It's so good, though. Because the energy of Waka Flocka is dope. I don't care what anyone says. I'm a fan of Waka Flocka Flame. So I think he and Busta Rhymes at the same show would be an amazing time together. Like, I would love to see those two men perform back to back. It would just be good vibes all around. I like this. I think it's fun. I think it shows off the versatility of Buster Rhymes in a profound way. And I'm giving it another 4.5 on 5. And if this part of the review, everything starts going faster, it's because I've almost been sitting in this chair doing this for about two hours now. And I know and whatever you're seeing in the timestamp, that's all the parts of me listening cut out. But uh, yeah, I just want to get through this with y'all. I want to get this video done because the Don and the Boss require project time management for efficiency. I'm just going to say that that skit is is kind of interesting. That Okay, so we have this song where, first of all, Busta Rhymes bust out the Patois, uh, Vibes Cartel sounds amazing, the chorus is real, earworm meal. I'm, I'm not going to try on the lyrics on this. I, I, I think I'm just going to come off goofy. It's just flossy. I like the line, though, put my dick on your lipstick, and uh, ha, yeah, haha, she kissed it. That was a great line. I just thought it was, like, flossy, like, from a... I mean, as a, as a guy, it just sounds like a good time every time. If like that, if it's ever that easy, that's pretty cool because um, he's the boss. And I like how he pulls out Nicki Minaj. And I like how, you know, Buster Rhymes slips it to Didon and does like the same chorus and then brings up Megan the Stallion. And I'm like, those ladies must have been really happy to be brought up in this track. I don't know. I mean, they're both women who definitely use their assets to uh, be part of their branding. <clears throat> And so you got like the track where it's like fuck the the hot chick or whatever, right? And then you get the skit, which is almost like it's almost like a, a time flip. It's almost like a ten years later. And then you get this like skit that plays out, which is probably how it happens. You see this hot girl, whatever, and then Buster Rhymes is like, "Yo, I want to get my kid at this time." And then the woman uh, is like, nah, if you're not here in an hour, uh, you don't get to see your son this, this visit. And even though they have like a prearranged schedule and she's pulling some shit. And I think it's a really interesting skit because this happens. For everybody out there that's going to hear this and be like, fuck Buster Rhymes, it's not a real thing. There's just a lot of people who are going to be like, I relate to it. Unfortunately, there is this 
untalked about problem that goes around where I even know dudes who've been victim to it. I know a lot of dudes, even in Montreal, Quebec, Canada, of every skin color, of every social class, that the second divorce kicks in or they, they're not together anymore. Uh, if you're in a place like Quebec has an official system that's unbiased and an unofficial system that's just as fucked up as everywhere else, right? Um, so the woman gets a lot of power here and I think it's just kind of trying to point out that this is a problem and that maybe if you just fuck some chick that looks like that with that ass and you engage in that fantasy, it's like be prepared that this might be your future that's coming next with this, with this skate. And I don't know that I've ever, ever in my entire history of listening to music heard anybody connect those two ideas quite so like like that on a track so strong in a way where it's a harsh juxtaposition because that track's still a fantasy. You can still throw that track on. You don't have to listen to the skit. But when you hear the skit after, it's just like a reminder of uh, be careful, bro. Just be careful when you're playing with those booties that make you want to do all the thing like make your pullout game weak. That's some wet ass pussy. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, so I just thought it was such a fucking interesting tune on that regard. I'm giving this a 4.5. The vibe is amazing. It made me just feel like, okay, I understand strip clubs now. They just have a booty on you with this playing, this fucking a vibe. Um, I'm not really that kind of guy, but you hear tracks here and there. I'm in a red light area. Maybe that's affecting me. I'm trying to fuck with what the lights do. Uh, the color is due to me. So let me know if you notice a difference between light color and review quality. Uh, maybe there's a certain color that elicits the best review. Uh, this track was great. Um, I'm going to check all the music videos after. Like I said, something like a crazy number of likes, that irrational number I gave, and I'll cover all the videos in a bonus video. Anyway, or Busta Rhymes shows up and asks me to. If Busta Rhymes asks me to, I'll do it. Anyway. I'm just trying to make this as fun as I can for myself and I'm doing the best I can. This is one of those tracks where like it slaps so hard that I feel like a five isn't even high enough because it's also slapping. So, I mean, the quality of the song is, is pretty substantial. I mean, the second you saw Rhapsody, you knew what was going to slap in terms of skill, but we'll get into the topic, but it's just one of those tracks that you don't hear and you don't hear people in positions of prominence using their platform to convey it and considering what the subject matter is you don't hear people do it right okay and i think buster rhymes knocked this shit out the park so this track is the perfect follow-up to that skit where um it's kind of discussing the topic of punishing men uh with how they have access to their kids and the transactional relationship of child support and all of that world, right? And so you have Rhapsody playing the role of this woman who after time has gone on, apologizes uh, for all of the shitty behavior, the manipulations, the causing a scene, all of this shit, and just thanking and appreciating the male figure for not acting away, for you know stepping away instead of causing a bigger scene, for having the patience and and I believe this is something that a lot of men go through because, yo, I see a lot of confessionals on Facebook of men, like to a point where we're talking, I've probably read hundreds of anecdotal experiences that parallel what it's like to deal with baby mamas. Um, 
that really match up with this story. Is it everyone? No. I'm certain for every man that this song applies to, there's another guy that's a deadbeat bum. And I'm, but that's not the point. There's a million songs about the deadbeat bum to the point where you almost don't believe the other side exists. The guy who wants to be actively invested in being a father, the one who shows up and is there and is present, but due to things like being a half an hour late on returning the kid gets punished due to things like, oh, you want to see your kid? You better buy me that extra pair of Jordans. Literally that story specifically comes up so often that it's crazy how there are women that actually treat their men like this. And I really believe that there are just because again, anecdotes and stuff in my own life and what I've, I've witnessed. So to hear this side of the fence is really powerful, but then Let's look at what Buster Rhymes did with it to go one step further. It isn't a shameful track. First of all, it is, in a sense, an, an acknowledgement. Tra acknowledgement. Every, everyone is saying this happens, and the woman is thanking the guy for his patience and basically asking for forgiveness for treating it poorly. And the response that Buster Rhymes gives is one of the most mature and empathetic things I've ever heard. A man who is full of rage has like put down it's how to like this is a blueprint on how to adult with conflict resolution thank you for making me stronger in situations of adversary because the patience i had to develop to deal with you made me a better man is that verse and you can hear the rage in the line by lines of it and you can hear him holding back and just the way that the beat cuts through and samples like the vocals on the track complimenting and accentuating it to complete these lines where they're like holding back and whatnot this is a masterpiece this is a i've heard it one time it's a masterpiece that gets tarnished by that shitty outro with mariah carey showing up she did not belong here just make that the start of the next song what the fuck but otherwise this is brilliant who produced this i didn't even look man this is uh produced by ninth wonder i guess with rhapsody that makes a lot of sense ninth wonder it's beautifully done it is a really excellent composition everything about this song is flawless okay it is flawless i'm gonna listen to it again and it's gonna slap harder that's why i wanted to go above five for this one because sometimes you just know like this is the song i'm gonna show to people to showcase the emotional complexity of buster rhymes in one track amazing like so far the coolest and most impressive song i've heard on the project and let's be real we are 15 tracks in and i'm not bored I am excited to get through the rest of this album. I'm antsy because recording these can be some kinds of an antsy experience, but the truth is, it is really where I belong. I don't know what the fuck I just listened to. I, I'm confused by this song. Um, so a lot. Uh, um, the beat starts playing, and the rest of this song, I kept fighting the urge to go, baby, if you give it to me, I'll give it to you. You know, like that just because, yo, they stop, they basically sample that. And so I'm just sitting there like that's playing in my head the whole time. And it was really distracting. It wasn't like helping this song. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of the chorus. That might change. It might change. But I feel like the, the way like he transitions from the verse into that chorus was, was, was a little jarring. It was a little hard to get into. Again, maybe it'll grow on me. Maybe this shit isn't for me. It felt like a weird mid-2000s like R&B vibe. Like I was back in high school again. Only a lot worse. A lot worse than that. 
Um, I, I mean, the rhymes are all fine. Like, in theory, this is just fine. It's just the way the song was put together. Like, the, the flow of the components of this track together feels jarring and weird to me. But the individual components listen, like, the chorus by itself is fine. It's really nice. It's cool. They go back and forth, and it's just a lot of fine. I would have preferred it to be just Mariah and myself. Um, his verses are cool. Like, he just wants to fuck on the chick, and he doesn't understand the emotion at the end, and he's overwhelmed by it. I kind of like the back and forth, the, why are you trying to fight it, baby, bit is cool. I really like that. It had a little cinematic edge to it. Um, there's not a lot in these verses for me. It's just like, you know, like, let me just talk about your mental through motions around the world and when it's most essential. Love how you make it work when with the most potential. I hope you never hurt. I hope you see it, baby girl. You're my greatest, like... <laughs> whatever like honestly this is just the dude spitting game to some shit that's about to blow him is what it sounds like it just sounds like fluffity mcfucking fluff face and it's just so it's such a weird song following the last two it's just it's just weird to me i guess i don't know maybe i'm missing it it feels like they wanted this to be like a huge radio single watch just goes number one and i'm sitting there like an idiot and everyone's laughing i don't know it felt fucking random then you get the fast part where he just he just really goes and he's like and i come on and i'm gonna for that love and nothing but i did it wrong but he's like at that speed like you know like that really fast cadence shit i was kind of hoping i could do it right one time but i just heard it once I, I can do his fast shit but like that was like the fastest most break your neck level speeds we've gotten out of busta on this album and it's in this weird part where mariah raps that fast and sounds odd it sounds odd to me maybe y'all like it but when he goes all the way you'd be carrying i want to lift off for you and all the little that you need baby how i got it off for you and they're saying it together it just is weird because busta's got like like when busta raps you can almost picture the voice going in on like a sharper edge that like slaps in right it cuts whereas when mariah sings it's warmer and it like floats and it envelops more and they don't make her cut with him on that rhythm so it's like he's cutting into this gushy shit i don't know it's fucking weird and then it just ends and the chorus comes back in and it's just such a jarring because it's basically like almost nothing left in the production it's almost acapella this fast part like it's i don't know i don't like this one <laughs> this this one track i'm not really a fan of to be honest i'm gonna give it a 3.5 i i could live without it it was weird um it is what it is y'all can disagree with me y'all can like this one anyway these are maybe not the most of the deep thoughts Okay, so that ends like with the with like the skit of the next track. So I guess that's just kind of how that flows. That that's a crazy transition there. Yo, this song is super nifty. I feel like in contrast to like the the weird last track of Vapid Sex or whatever, and I guess on the topic of women is what this part of the album is just about. It's been a few tracks in a row now and we've hit it from multiple fronts, but this was the one that was the most interesting for me to listen to okay obviously not the most interesting the second most interesting because i realized no that that whole child support track was by far way more interesting but this was cool because it almost shows like a healthy situation like busta rhymes is like saying instead of going crazy like there's like a nugget like if your dude doesn't want to talk be understanding that he's working through shit you know just just be there just like support him and it's almost like well you wanted to know what's on my mind and then it's just verbal fucking diarrhea where he's like telling this story and like half of the track is him describing like him just kind of sitting there and lying his head on his on his woman's boobie and i get that having a woman's boobie to lie your head on and just kind of let your thoughts flow it is like 
almost better than sex because i mean sex is pretty great but that lie in your head on a booby thing is underrated and buster rhymes knows what's up man because sometimes when you want to grind and whatnot you get very overwhelmed and perplexing and, and just having that booby to lie her head on is real cool. She's going to kill me if she ever sees this part or if she can hear me in the next room. That's fine. Her boobies are lovely. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> I just kind of like laughing at myself as I like rethought what I just said. But uh, I just kind of like the way he then flows into how the game is kind of fucked up and people aren't operating correctly. And when he kind of brings up the truth of a situation, they turn on him. And I find it extra interesting that he got her permission to share the private details of a conversation that he had with her and that that was like the level of respect he has with his missus and that is a high level of respect that is a high level of yo copy that behavior from buster that is some smart fucking shit to do and i really like that too so i like the way the song feels the stream of consciousness flow and then it just goes all the way through to the end you know just like yo i'm sitting in a resort deep thoughts this is it like and it's such a different song in terms of structure and tone and intent but again adds to the cards in the buster rhymes toolkit because it is just one long verse just painting this picture while also communicating a message that people need to have better fucking business and how they operate in the game and i feel that i feel that all the days i feel like i want to make a video series on how montreal is doing the same shit buster rhymes alludes to without telling me specifically but he alludes to it enough for me to go yo i can relate to that without him saying a damn thing that's a really cool track i'm giving this though a 4.25 it's good it's not like 100 percent stellar but i also feel like the true grade is gonna come after i discuss with y'all the young god speaks that's cool he's sampling uh michael jackson from the track i'll be there and it's really a fitting ending uh to the other song almost like with the man and a woman and then even having this next level of family brought in like like almost like when you have that bond with somebody where you can share it this is like the next logical step and a little foreshadowing that maybe offspring is a subject that's going to come on the project now because maybe there's a flow to Buster Rhymes' growth over here like we have some anger and shit it flows into social political issues and for the last little bit it has definitely been a progression of women issues right you got like the fucking um <clears throat> situation where you meet almost a stripper and then you end up having a kid this pivots you into finding the right woman where i guess that's what mariah carey is supposed to represent the right woman in that really weird track and then you move into this one where you have the sex side of the right woman and now you've got the more lovey pillow boobies side of it to like indulge in and that's really cool um and then what comes next i guess is the youth and so that's an interesting maybe flow that i'm reading too much into but it sounded beautiful and serene over the exact same beat i would say that it's hard to rate this by itself by itself it's a 4.5 michael jackson sounds wonderful but i mean it is what it is <coughs> It works over the beat that we just heard and honestly i don't have a lot more to comment i think it collectively makes the other track a 4.35 if i put the two of them together it does increase the grade a little bit truly enjoyable experience um anyway look over your shoulder is what comes next you know what i really like about this album is how they clearly intended it for it to be an album experience and a good example of what i mean is how the beginning of the next track uh, that we're going to talk about with Mary J. Blige actually starts to build up. You hear the high notes start to kick in and start to pump it up 
before the track actually switches over so that you are just like incentivized to keep listening like there's that overlap and there's a few places in the album where they do it and i definitely like that i, I feel like it's it's a confident move like yo i don't have to worry you're just gonna keep listening uh, Look Over Your Shoulder, which features Kendrick Lamar and has more of that Michael Jackson sample played out. Like they just kept the bars going and then used that almost for the hook of the song. That's really clever. It must have cost a lot of money to have to get Michael Jackson's like, because they would have had to clear that twice, right? They wouldn't have, they, it's not just clearing it once now. You got to clear it for both tracks. Uh, so I thought that was like super cool. And I really liked the way they did that. Um, Kendrick was really good. Uh, I feel like this is the first time I've heard a Kendrick verse and been like, oh, I, I'd be down to listen to a new Kendrick album in, in like a while. Normally, like the when Kendrick features, he doesn't necessarily put in that like album quality Kendrick. But I guess uh, for, a, for a legend like Buster Rhymes, you best be bringing your A game or get the fuck up out the fucking room, you know? And I think Kendrick did that. He brought multiple flows and styles. Um, I don't know that there was anything over there that like was simply, wow, remarkable, Kendrick's buyers got me. But I felt it was smart. It was well written. It was, it was good. It felt like kind of like we do this for like the culture, y'all are fake. I don't know. There just wasn't a whole lot in it's more like his delivery was fun the way he rapped was fun but i don't know this wasn't pulitzer prize winning kendrick to me this was kendrick was just kind of rapping I, I maybe i'm wrong maybe y'all disagree with me um okay and that's that's fine you can let me know in the comments and i really would love to hear why this would be like a stellar kendrick verse to you I feel like Buster Rhymes' verse, on the other hand, was actually really great. It was really enjoyable to listen to. There was a flair to it. I think my favorite part of the verse was just like almost a little bit of a context for where he's been, right? He's going, uh, rappers don't even want to fucking rap with me, you know, because I'm too good. I've just done it all. I'm, I'm Buster Rhymes. And I suppose that's a whole perspective that you don't think a lot about. Like when you are at GOAT level, and I guess it makes sense where like Eminem is one of the only people I can think of in recent years that really had a high profile, like, you know, feature with Buster Rhymes. Lil Wayne had a feature, Chris Brown, like, we're huge fucking names, but other rappers really? I don't know. Just not, I guess rappers have this thing where you can't have a guy better than you on your own song. Fuck that. I'll do a song with you, Busta Bus. You can murk me on my own song any day of the fucking week. But the way he does the fast flow and he picks it up, it was really eloquently done. The kind of shit where you, he maybe had to lose some pounds to deliver that fucking flow and he pulled it off eloquently. But the real cool part was and he's like, focus on what's most essential, spit bars to provoke your mental. He's accomplished that on this album. Do I have your attendimento? And what a way to get your attention by flipping up the language. So beautifully done. I'm going to give this one another 4.5. We get another Chris Rock outro. Fair enough. That's that's Chris Rock hyping him up. It's what he's doing. I kind of feel like at this part, he came back and I'm like, oh, okay, that's fine. I don't know what I feel about the Chris Rock parts. Let me know what you think if Chris Rock is an added value at this part of the album or not. Anyway, uh, did I give a great 4.5? I did. You will never find another me either way, like regardless of Bust the Bus. I'm going to just say it like this. The Mariah feature is garbage compared to this Mary this Mary feature. Like Mary just like stole the album. Maybe not the album, but wow. Wow. Like she just owned it. The flair, the elegance, the grace, the everything. Like the queen the queenness of her delivery is just powerful and just uh the overall sense of, you know, you'll never find another me babe that is demonstrated in her vocal delivery. 
It's beautiful. She does a verse in the chorus, and then Buster Rhymes comes through and does... Also, the writing's cool, like, never, oh, yeah, fine. Anyway, Buster Rhymes comes through with his, you know, verses, and it's just really kind of braggadocious and hard-hitting, but also flaring on the beat. I'll be real with you. I had a lot of trouble focusing on the bars because the overall sound was enveloping me in, like, this this beautiful soundscape. Like, totally listen to this more than once is what's going to happen, but... He just sounded sh- strong, and he did, like, that slow but complicated, tricky flow. Like, it's one of those ones where only Buster Rhymes can just maintain cadences at these erratic spacings the way he does. Like, it, it, he just fucks with weird time signatures almost with his his voice. It's so cool. Um, I don't know. It's just kind of, like, about excellence and distinction and, and being the best. And I think it's conveyed in the, the arrogance, not arrogance, the sheer confidence that comes out of these legends' voices. Because these are legends we are talking about, right? These are people who have survived decades of excellence inside of the music industry. These are not amateurs. Like, when Bonnie hears Mary's name, she, like, gets excited. Like, she wants to cover tracks that have Mary J. Blige on them. And it's like, Mariah was boring, but Mary made this. This is going to this is gonna be a, a 4.75. It's too premature to give it a 5, but it's, it's up there with really amazing, like, late album, holy shit moments. Like, this is track 19. I'm, again, not bored, and I was sitting there still freaking out, like, holy shit, this sounds so amazing to me, but on a completely different vibe than anything we've gotten so far on this album, so big respect to Buster Rhymes on the curation front of this track list and order, and turns out we didn't get no kid shit, that didn't happen, we're back onto distinction and legacy, but he ends it saying we're gonna go back on that science bar, so I'm gonna assume that when we talk about freedom, the topic's gonna get serious again. I'm like pretty sure that like last little bit on the song of the rains building in is a build up again to the outro track. I think it's called Satanic, um, which is another just proof to the, what I was saying of it meant to be like an album experience by design. Uh, this track is really strong. Buster sounds insanely angry and sad in his delivery. Like almost like this song feels like it was the one that was like he wrote this when he started this journey of trying to become like a stronger role model or something for this project because that's what this album feels like Buster trying to be the role model like fuck all of y'all i'm the one that has the answers let's try things differently it is is a big sense of like I, i guess where he's coming from like he's learned he knows and he shouldn't discount what bust the bus has to say but this it starts off with Nikki Greer singing and I wanted to point out that when I checked the credits on the last track uh with Mary Mary's on it uh Nikki was the one who wrote Mary's part and then uh apparently Nikki had a lot of work behind the scenes so it's really cool to see her get a chance to sing up on this one I think she sounds lovely and I think the chorus is really strong like I for an eye knee for a knee you declared war because you don't want peace you just want sheep we are not asleep blood on your hands blood on the streets and that's really powerful lyrics, right? In the sense of what you're seeing happening play out in the world. Uh, a lot of people don't want peace. They want control. And a lot of people don't want to be like fucking subservient anymore. And we're seeing a lot of this play out in the in the current existence. So Busta's verse just is packed with passion. Like we are not created equal now. Could give a fuck if I offend a couple people, yo. What the fuck you watching this never in the sequel for? Let me wipe these tears and speak the truth to all my people, oh. And then he just goes on from there and is very passionate and is very strong. Like he wants to be this role model. Like you feel this desire to like speak truth and to be the strength. Even though he feels hopeless, he has to project the hope so that others 
can be inspired off of him and he has to be that like burden like that burden of strength falls on him and it's like you feel this pain and everything in the delivery it's really remarkable it's really well done and then the second verse like he just kind of goes through and follows up look at what everyone been through and he's kind of commenting a bit on the circumstances more but then i like at the end of the verse more where in light of all of these dark circumstances this is inspiration to him to want to become the activist they talk about and that even snoop dogg and others we're like, yo, bro, if that's how you feel, that's God telling you to step up and be this person. Don't ignore it. Step up to the mantle, step up to the plate, knock it out the park. And look, we're like one track away from the end of it. This shit's a classic. This shit's fucking fire, okay? I don't know what the final grade is. Fuck it. It's probably a 4.5 because like, I haven't really been paying attention. This is an amazing album, and I think he accomplished the goal he set out to do with it. And I think it's really cool. The, the number of positive approaches he's taken and different perspectives, like, especially, like, you know, with, like, how to, like, a, a couple dynamics should look, you know? Like, maybe it's not flawless delivery, but I think Buster Rhymes has set out to become that activist and to set up to be a better man and to set a better way. And I really admire and respect what he's done with this project. Um... Again, we have a uh, production. Sorry, we had production from, I think it's Knots again. I might be wrong. Yeah, it's Knots, and it's just stellar listening to it. It's just, he's so good. The way he, like, kind of puts the pieces of the beat together in such a, the rhythm just slaps so different but amazingly at the same time it's just little subtle shits that i think enhance it and almost complement buster rhymes crazy flows really well this is this is a 4.5 for real it, it could go higher if i listen to it a few more times but i, I don't want to be throwing out fives it'll take away from the specialness of uh that other track what i can't remember the name of right now anyway satanic is the last track chris rocks a goofball i like his goofballiness but chris rocks a goofball that was a, a goofy outro, but it fits, right? It's just, you can't fuck with him. And it's almost like bad in its delivery, but it's, it's just big dick energy the whole way through that outro. This track is fucking interesting. Um, almost like Buster Rhymes just is like, I'm going to put this all the way at the end. It's just like at the end of the day, if y'all wanted one more proof that the world is ending, let me give it to you. And then he brings it out. And it's, uh, why is everyone worshipping the fucking devil these days? And there, there really is a lot of devil worshipping out there. Like, it's cool to rap about 666. Like, horrorcore was more of a satirical protest than, like, a glorification of Satan when you, like, look into the history of it. So I can kind of see where Buster Rhymes is coming from. Um, you know, it points out people are worshipping the devil and shit. And, you know, like, at first we've seen it subtle. Now people display it major and going out like they was doing Satan a favor and gamble with their life, rattling dice in a shaker, another life forsaken, turning back on your maker. A little bit later on, like, making deals with the devil just so you can sound nice. And then I feel like the, the, the term devil is interchangeably used between Satan and white man, honky, systemic oppressor. And I like that like little flip there. Um, I really also, there's a line like deeper into the track. I'm just scanning for it. Uh, when he's, I know it's getting cold and you're fighting the war, internal body decaying, turning out gray and blue, even purple. You portray a lot of shit with no rehearsal, but in life we don't rehearse. What you can do come back and hurt you. And I think that's really interesting because it's it's like, look, life isn't a, a, op, does not give you the opportunities to rehearse. And there isn't really rehearsals. You can't really think about it. So as you move about your operations and you're doing the different things you do, you have to keep in mind that the energy and the actions you put out into the world may bite you back. So if you're willing to compromise your soul and your integrity or sell your soul to the devil for the sake of a rap career or 
like, yo, there is some whack shit that there's a lot of people pushing a lot of pills through music and stuff, you know, and a lot of people take the deals for the money, like, it's whack. There's a lot of negative messages put through, like, at the end of the day, people have to know that it's not a positive output to be telling people to spend exorbitant amounts of money on fashion brands they can't afford. Yet rappers do that shit. Some of them do it in a position where it's like, if you work hard, you'll get this. Some of them are like, you ain't shit without it. You know, like, I mean, there's certain toxic mentalities that I think are put out into the world. That's just one specific example where maybe the whole world can have their opinion on it. But to me, it's just, that's a toxic side of what pop hip hop has put into the world. And I think that a lot of rappers, I mean, the song just hits like on a literal sense of the devil shit that you see. But also on the other side, where if you take it as a double entendre for Christianity, but also a willingness to work with white people and sell out your community, it really works as a fucking flawless double entendre. And that really makes it brilliant. I'm going to give it a 4.75 because it's a hell of a way to close the album. Without Chris Rock, it'd probably be a 5 on 5. It's really strong. His delivery is almost like he had to get this off his chest. It's just another long verse. Buster Rhymes slays this album. I guess uh, I guess that's it. We're at the end. We're at the end of this little journey through extinction level event to the wrath of God. Yes, I did have to just look to verify the album title. Um, I love this album. I believe Buster Rhymes talks some shit about having some throwback vibes and delivering a modern classic in 2020 like the old men be doing this year. And I think the old man came through and did the old man thing right and won. And I say that because you're supposed to be better with your experience and your knowledge. You're supposed to be able to come through and do it. It's weird that everyone thinks this has to just be a young man's game. Buster Rhymes, amongst others this year, have proven to me that the wisdom and experience of knowledge and the power to lead is something worth making an album around that we can all go to and listen to. There are tracks on this that can inspire other people to be better, to look at things through different circumstances. This is a powerful art piece. I think it does a lot to talk about the current state of affairs in the world with a almost warning that if we don't treat each other smarter and better and acknowledge certain things, we're gonna have some problems down the line, almost like the end of the world. And I really appreciated it. From the callback to the first album with the way the introduction happened, to the fact that, for the most part, he stayed on theme, to the fact that 22 tracks into this project, I'm excited. Yo, I'm still excited. I want to go listen to it again. I spent three hours with this album now from the raw recording perspective, listening to it, talking about it. And I just want to go and listen to it one more time because it's so amazing. It's so well put together. Like if, if the point of this new format is for me to bump an album one time and tell you what I think of it, fucking ecstatic. Well done, Buster Rhymes. From the complexity and versatility of the flows across each track, from the fact that the subject matter doesn't actually get boring or redundant, it's not like you ever really hit a part where you're like, fuck Busta, switch it up. That nothing happens like that. The only thing I would wish didn't exist is Mariah Carey's entire presence on the album. Just just cut that track and I think it's like a fucking better masterpiece. That's just my two cents. Otherwise, everything about this album is amazing. I just discovered who Knotts was when we did the Raw Digger review and I had never known who he was. Um, I was in the Zoom call with the end of the week Quebec uh, crew and I heard some Knotts beats that were like new that no one else had heard and then coming across him on this album was also just this crazy experience because like I guess the more you know 
about something, the more you can like it and recognize it, how cool he was. I just added to my experience, like, wow, there's just so many elements of people of greatness that like came from this project. Uh, everything but the cover, I think, is pretty fucking stellar. The cover I could live without. It's fine. I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm really into this project and I'm going to recommend it. And it's going to be brought up in my album of the year video, I bet whatever that ends up being like all right so that's that's what's up everybody this was my album review for buster rhymes extinction extinction level event to the wrath of god uh album review whatever i hope y'all enjoyed it let me know in the comments what you thought what you think about this project do you think buster rhymes lived up to it how you think about it in regards to the sequel i'm a few days after this video is out, you will see our review for Extinction Level Event 1. So let us know what you think about that. Subscribe to the channel and watch for it. Hit that like button. And uh, special thanks to the patrons, Ismail Gadamsi, Chris Prado, Jonathan Barnes, DJ Black Hurricane, Linda Williams, and Scribble. They're dope. They support what we do. If you want to help us out, help us grow, go ahead and check the links in the descriptions. You'll see that. And links to my music because I dropped some stuff recently. And I would love to hear what you think about all of that. On that note, everyone, it's been a blast. Live long and prosper, everyone.